0: What's going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday or whatever day of the week it is when you are listening to this or watching it. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Nonetheless, welcome to With Her Two Hands, the weekly show where I have the unique privilege of getting to sit down with an incredible woman who works with her hands, building, making, fixing doing all of the stuff that helps make the world go round. Uh, female tradespeople we are a small percentage, but we are a mighty force to be reckoned with and numbers are growing. Uh, and it has been an absolute joy every week to get to sit down with these women and hear their stories, their journeys, their trials and tribulations, but also their wins and their successes. And this week will be no different. We have a fantastic guest joining us this week. I'm really excited to introduce you all to her. But first, um, I want to thank you guys all for tuning in and coming and hanging out with us each week. I want a big thank you to our sponsor, Drive Time, for their partnership in this series, without whom we would not be able to continue doing this. Going on three years now since this has started. Kind of crazy. I can't believe it's been three years already, but huge thank you to Drive Time for helping make that possible. If you're not familiar with them, definitely go check them out. Really cool organization and company. They create a lot of opportunities for young kids getting into the trades. And I am particularly grateful for their support um, and commitment to bringing more women into the automotive trades. So Without further ado, I'm going to bring on tonight's guest. And uh, instead of m- muggling up her introduction, I'm going to let her introduce herself. So, without further ado, Kelly, hello. How are you?
1: Hello. Thanks for having me. Um, I guess I am Kelly uh, Ireland. I am a registered master plumber in the city of Philadelphia. And I own my own residential service business, uh, TPG Mechanical.
0: Awesome. And you're right in Philadelphia, right? You're in Philadelphia proper?
1: So I personally live right outside, um, about like five minutes south of uh, the Philadelphia airport, which is, you know, what everybody knows if you're from out of town. Um, So if you're ever flying in, give me a call and I'll come pick you up and you can park your car here. Um, But (laughs) either way... uh, I live right there, but all of my work is really in Philadelphia, mostly West Philadelphia, South Philadelphia, the whole Fishtown, uh, Kensington area, um, really North Philadelphia is like further away. So that's like my least, you know, touched area, but majority of my work's in Philly.
0: Fair enough. And you travel all over, all over for your work. You've got clients all over the place, right?
1: So I... I mean, like I said, most most of uh, my clients are in Philadelphia. I will travel. um I try not to travel to I mean i'm I'm always willing to. I have people you know in New Jersey who ask. um oh, I don't wow. really get too many calls for Delaware County, but out in the counties, I will travel up to a certain distance, but you know, I just let them know that like, yeah, usually if it's like a bigger job, it's harder to you know, tie me down to a further location. And I'm always happy to like refer, like I have people up in the Northeast. Um, when people call, then I always refer them to them that way. Like we have a network and sort of stay in our location, but I do yeah. get the occasional request that they don't care and that, that they'll wait. And <laughs> and then I just make it work.
0: Because they love you. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's
1: nice because they'll support women, and it, and that's usually their motivation, which is why we're here.
0: Do you find that you get a lot of customers because they find out that you're a female plumber?
1: And that oh, people for are coming sure. to
0: you strictly yeah. for that?
1: Yeah. Um, a, a lot of my calls start with I heard you're a girl. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hold on, let me check. Yeah, <laughs> last time so, I checked. <laughs> yeah, so that's cool. Um which is really awesome because I came from construction uh world where the the feeling was not the same. I was either talked past or talked through or eyes rolled or like I can't believe this is my partner. Um Whereas, like, coming into the residential sector, homeowners just treat me like I'm the professional, which, I mean, I am. So that's really nice to not have to, like, hurdle that double standard or, like, climb that barrier. Um Every once in a while I'll get someone snooty or you know who just assumes I'm a girl so I'm going to either be cheaper or when mm. I talk to them they try to explain to me what my job is and so but I I've learned to like especially being in construction for 7 years how to navigate it with kindness. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's so interesting you bring that up the the idea of like oh I thought it would be different or you'd be cheaper because you're a girl i've I've not encountered that often but I have encountered it where it was and I forgot about it until you just said that where I had a customer at one point like it was a situation where it was totally beyond our control it was you know unrelated issues yada 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 and her response was I thought it would be different because you were a woman and I'm like just because I'm a woman doesn't make me able to do work for free,
1: <laughs> right, right? Or make me yeah. a superhero that can
0: wave a magic wand and fix your
1: car. <laughs> yeah. We are pretty magical, but there's limits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an interesting thing, but uh, but yeah, it's um, that I think that's one of the biggest perks of being a business owner and 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 working for yourself is like there's that filter where people aren't going to come to you as a customer unless they are okay with you being a woman. And so you kind of almost don't have to deal with all of the crap anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely is a nice, is a nice uh, transition, especially from like the rough and tough grind of construction, which I love construction work, but they're definitely, the double standard is much more prevalent there.
0: So let's go back in time a little bit and let's talk about like your your origin story. Like how did you get into plumbing? And then I want to talk about how you got into the union, what that experience was like and kind of that experience so that we can contrast it to what you're experiencing now and yeah. kind of
1: dig into it. So how did you start? So really, um, we were trying to get my kid's father in naturally, he's a man, my dad was a union plumber. Um, And we needed health benefits, we needed a stable career, we had two kids like, we both worked in the restaurant industry, which is nice, because it's flexible, but it's not nice, because it's usually impossible. (laughs) Um, and, and I love, like, I love to work. I love fast paced, like hands on active physical work. So restaurants are fun, but I hated smelling like grease every day. So I just was, um, I had already dropped out of nursing school. I was three years in that and just hated it. Um, and so he didn't want to apply, and I did. Uh, not that I necessarily even wanted to. I just was like, "Why not?" You know, like if if you don't want to do it, I'll just do it. Um, and so I went, filled out an application. I had a two-hour like sit-down, almost like interrogation. It was very like very genuine and very like respectful. It wasn't like, "Do you think you belong?" You know, it was like how do you think you can cope and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, even though I hate that that those questions are asked to us, they kind of, I mean, it's definitely a rude awakening if you're not ready to like walk into an industry that is going to hold the double standard and going to look at you differently just because of your gender. Um, So I don't like like sugarcoating things, but also I'm like, why do we have to like, Why did I need to, did you have all the guys sit here for two hours individually asking if they could hack it? And, and I had plenty of classmates who couldn't, you know, and, and didn't make it. So, um, but either way I did that, that's a five-year apprenticeship. Um, so that was an interview just to get in to the school,
0: sorry to interrupt. That was just no, to get no, no. into that the was, school program.
1: That was an interview to see if I should give them my application. Like- Oh my goodness. Like, so, and and like I said, like, so my dad, you know was well-known in the union. He set up the CAD program in the union. Um, you know, he, he taught CAD in the union. So that was like definitely a leg up of like a little bit of nepotism. Um, but the training director, like, sat me down and said, like, are you ready for this? Do you think you can handle this? And I'm like, not for nothing. I'm I'm one of 10. I said, if anyone knows about, like, torture and hazing and... I mean, I've never been a part of a sorority, but like I've lived it since birth. You know, like you had nine. I've gotten the wedgies. I had to like, you know, lick my sister's toes and weird, weird shit that like we shouldn't have to do, but we did. (laughs) Right? I have have nine siblings, and we need to occupy. Yeah. So, and that was cool. Um, I was the first, and I am the only uh, plumber after my dad. Um, My brother is a steam fitter, so he's, like, in the pipe trades, Um, but that was, like, my dad wrote my letter of recommendation, and that was one of the things that, like, was my most proud moment, you know, like, everybody grows up, you're a teenager, you hate your dad, you know, your dad's (laughs) annoying, he's too bossy, he wrote me this letter of recommendation, and when I read that, I was, like, damn, my dad loves me, like, like he's oh. proud of me. He thinks I can do this. Like, and and he said that he's like out of out of ten kids. Like, I can't imagine anyone being better than Kelly could be at this. And that was really like, that was yeah. yeah.
0: Right? <laughs> like that, that's awesome. Right? Hey, Dad, yeah, so, that's fantastic. Th- yeah. <laughs>
1: And, and it was never, you know, I never went, like, side-jobbing with him. I was never, I did do summer help. I worked in the office where he worked, because he was a CAD manager, so he, like, drew all the, design designed the piping for high-rises and stuff. Um, so I would, like, make copies and sit there and talk to all the sketchers and whatever, and I was in high school and it's cool, and I got paid a lot of money, um, and I was always good. They were always, like, like bring Kelly in. we have a lot of work that we need done, but I never thought like I could be the one with the tools. It just not that I couldn't, it just like was not a thought. Like I've never seen a female plumber. So like, why would I ever assume that like, I, I considered military before going in, you know, before becoming a plumber. I considered nursing, which I really liked science, but I hated college. And I, I just hate it being, I did a four-year program. It just wasn't the right choice. Like, I needed hands-on learning. And that's the amazing thing about, like, the skill trades apprenticeships is you learn and you work.
0: So you said you're fourth generation, which means dad, grandpa, great grandpa, right? Did did dad want someone else in the family or no? Sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, no. Well, uh, no, he, it just wasn't thought of. I am like from the generation that you have to send your kid to school or you're like a failure as a parent or a failure as a child. Like I'm no child left behind. That happened, I guess I was in eighth grade and everything became about tests and became about like shop classes were just taken out of schools. Art classes were taken. Anything that was like tangible, physical was gone. And, and literally my guidance counselor was like, you're good at science, become a nurse Mm -hmm. or a teacher. And that's what she said. And I was like, well, I don't really want to go to college. And she literally said, she's like, if you don't go to college, you'll never get to the position that you can become, like, to to a level. Like, if I went to an LPN, uh, like, program where I worked and learned, she's like, you'll never become a registered nurse. But that was, like, high schools were pushing college, right? High schools yeah. wanted to meet their quotas. They wanted good uh, percentages to, like, put out there that, you know, they have an 89% college, graduate, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever rate. So I just think I was part of that generation. When I was little, I used to tell people like my dad's a plumber, but he's not the kind who works with tools. He's at a computer because it was respectable. It was not respectable to come home with dirty, muddy boots. Meanwhile, now it's like, I'm like, take a selfie. I look so dirty. Like, let's show <laughs> let's my sisters what I did. Look at this tool. And that my first year was like, take a picture with me. With this tool, I can't even hold it. And they would laugh at me. I'm like, dude, I have six sisters. Like, I need to share this take a picture. And sometimes they would and sometimes they wouldn't. And so, and I would always tell them, I'm like, you've had how many years to take pictures of yourself? Like, (laughs) I'm like, I look way cooler holding this tool than you do. I said, it's bigger than me. And that was my attitude. And I loved it. Like, I loved the excitement, uh, the learning, the, the ability to like, control something that is more powerful than me. And, and that was cool. And that was like a a whole new perspective. Like I was always a hard worker, but like put a giant chipping gun in my hand. And then like, I'm like, I will, I will cut you out the most beautiful little square. And, <laughs> and everybody that. They would always say that like, Oh, look at Kelly square. It's so, so good. It's not all chipped up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't understand why you guys can't get it like that. Like, just take your time i'm like be gentle i'm like the, the machine is crazy enough like you be gentle right so and it was it was just it was really fun it it was really fun which was cool because restaurants were really stressful like you had the long lines you had like craziness and it was fun because like you were always friends with your coworkers so you like made times good but this was like, I'm like, I'm on top of a ladder, like hanging off and drilling holes and making messes. And it, I'm like, wh- why doesn't anyone, everyone want to do stuff like this?
0: <laughs> Did it surprise you? Did you know how much fun it was going to be? Did that like totally catch you off guard? Were you prepared for totally to prepare that? Totally off
1: guard. I was so, like, I got to my first job, and I just was, like, it was cold. It was February um, or the end of January. um, There was no windows, and I just, I was so scared. I'm, like, I'm going to a guy who probably doesn't want me on his job. Well, he didn't because he had passed me up back in November to take a guy. (laughs) So, and now I'm on his job. Um, But, like, my attitude turn that around and i mean my attitude definitely dug me into ditches but it also like got me out of them um i always was like willing and ready i didn't care you know guys would be too good for jobs because they were a plumber for 10 years and they're they don't core holes and they don't chip concrete and i'm like dude why like this is the fun part um and and my foreman said he's like keep that attitude cuz that attitude will keep you working and then he laid me off but it is what it is <laughs> but it, what, yeah, why it, did it he just, lay you
0: off was, should we dig into that <laughs> uh, i mean it definitely
1: yeah we could did you, did you deserve <laughs> that one <laughs> no uh well i mean you know it it depends um like i was i was partnered up with his like so every foreman has their apprentice right their gopher we would call them because they always go for everything um and that was my partner and he was sort of cool in the beginning like very like this is how you do things this is how you pick things up this is how we work and then it was like I'm gonna go take a nap in the closet get all the work done and oh and I would like I I'm like, well, I'll just do it. Like, I don't know. I like what I'm doing and I don't need to take a nap. So go take a nap. Um, and then he became like my nemesis. And mm. he was always the guy who I was like, I mean, that's the reason I fucking got laid off my first job. Because Kelly's on on her phone all the time. And that was the thing. Like, we would both be waiting for a delivery and I'm not I'm not denying any accountability like we both had our phones out it was the age of like touch screens just came out facebook on the phone whatever it is like you could watch youtube on the phone he's watching porn on the phone so like okay. i'm just like watching facebook whatever like and it would people would walk by and kelly's on her phone like it was i'm like i swear to god i'm going to shave my head like Oh my I swear that it's that ponytail it's it's the ponytail or my pink hoodie or whatever it was right. cause like I was like loud and proud about like I'm a girl I'm little I'm gonna do big shit so I was always in your face about it and that is not the way to be in a competitive like man man world so but it, and other it, meanwhile like other guys loved loved it and like led me with it because I was a go-getter and eager to learn and I wanted to hold all the tools. They let me work, whereas, like, other guys who don't want to hold the tools, they're not getting up in the lift doing the stuff like their their partner is, and they're just, whatever, organizing a gang box. Um, yeah. So it definitely... It, after my first layoff, my whole thing was like, Kel, you just see not heard, see not heard. Like, all you have to do mm. is keep your mouth shut no matter what. My mouth was not staying shut. So, it, you know, I'd have a good <laughs> couple of birth weeks, and it would be like, this girl's awesome. She's the best worker. And then I'm like, oh, well, why are we doing it wrong? Or why are we cutting this corner? And they're like, shut the fuck up.
0: And then, mm-hmm. so <laughs> you're, you're a I girl mean, from I, like New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area. Like, I could have sure. told you there was no way you were keeping your mouth cut and, yeah, right? <laughs> no, not her. i one way. of ten.
1: And one I of ten. Think. I'm like, you're you're crazy if you're not thinking, like, I'm an attention seeker. I said, I lived with nine siblings. Like, I want everyone to see me do this shit, right? Like, <laughs> my mom was too busy to, like, ma- I mean, she was, I would never, like, discredit my mom. She made our soccer game. She made my gymnastics meets. But, like, I'm like, I just want to be the center of attention, you know? And that's, like, sort of, like, then Instagram came, and I was like, oh, take a selfie this that you know and I was like why can't why can't women be in the spotlight like you guys have have been on the bus signs or the billboards for a hundred years it's our turn so that was my approach
0: and some people didn't like that I assume some <laughs> people did not
1: like that. and that's okay and that's okay
0: so we fast forwarded here a little bit, but I want to I want to go back again. So you went to the school. How big was the school program that you went
1: to? So my class was I think started with 17 people and we graduated with okay. 15. Um so okay. not so huge. this is a small program. It, well, that's just my class. So there's okay now there's a lot more kids. Like I I was coming through right after the recession. So they were skipping, taking classes. So it was really slim in the beginning. But now I think it's like 120, like in the program, not so. And then they're just like tiered Uh, every six months is like a different tier of, you know, you're either uh, first period, second, up to 10. So there's usually 10 periods. Of classes.
0: So tell me a little bit about the program because I'm not familiar on the plumbing side. I'm assuming it's probably pretty similar to automotive where like you don't have to go to school in order to do the job, but school can be beneficial. Do you like tell me if it's the same? Are you grateful that you went to school? Like tell me how that all works on the plumbing side of things.
1: So on the plumbing side, I mean, every state is different. So every state ha- like makes up its own. Laws about like plumbing about all trades. Um, in Pennsylvania, you need four to five years of an apprenticeship under a master plumber. So you don't necessarily need to go to school. You need to have certain amount of hours to work each year to like graduate to the next um, level of your apprenticeship, and you need to be under a certified like a registered master plumber and you have to pass tests. So that's where school comes in handy is like they give you the material to study for these tests. Um, So like school for me, I mean, I hated school. So, but the thing is, is like it wasn't necessarily like English 101, you know, I mean, we definitely had math in uh, school and every trade will. um, But it wasn't like that, that rep- repeti- uh, repetitive high school like all over again which is what I was dealing with in the nursing side. Um, so school was great like I would never want to do it any other way. To have both is really beneficial but I will say like work It really depends who you work for, who your partners are, like if you're going to learn more in the field or in school. So like school is great because if you are on a job site with like bad mentors or a contractor who literally just makes you pick up trash all day, then school's like a good backup to learn. I luckily was always like always doing something different. So I was always learning different things. And like my the variety of work that I had under my belt by the time I graduated was really cool. Like I, I definitely, it's something to be proud of. I would say.
0: That's awesome. Were you working at the same time as you were going to school? So you were like doing both hands on and okay.
1: Yeah. So I started. What? Yeah. That's the way, like, that's how apprenticeships generally work. So if you're non union, like I can't, They do have like schools that you can go to, like trade schools. Um, I don't necessarily know. I mean, I'm sure that like I as a registered master plumber could take on an apprentice and then over the five years, like as long as I can get them to pass this test and teach them everything uh, via job, like you don't necessarily have to go to school. Um, But the thing is, is like plumbing field is so vast that I mean, there's, there's months where, um, I'm only touching toilets. It just is like the month of toilets and every job is like a toilet switch, fix the toilet, fix the wax ring, like whatever it is. And then it'll be like faucets and, and, you know, it does mix up, but like, that's how my journey really started was drain cleaning. I started drain cleaning for my business, not, not in a, uh, not in commercial, so I started drain cleaning because of COVID. Everybody had the wipes and I'm drain cleaning. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's home and their faucets start dripping. So then I'm learning how to, you know, take faucets apart. And that, so that we didn't learn through like the union apprenticeship. You don't really learn the residential side. So that was all like I had different mentors that I would call and my dad. And I'm like, Dad, I just opened a wall and I don't know what I'm looking at. So, you know, my <laughs> I phone a friend and that's sort of like we really all, especially like with this social media, like people have their tight knit groups. They have their little chat boxes and they're all like, oh, I just pulled this apart and look at what I found. And that's like real. I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to teach the next generation and that's how traits, And that's why like nepotism plays into it a lot because, you know, the dad has the son come and whatever it is. But that's, I mean, if you look at, like, old-school tradition, like, that's how it was, you know? You were a carpenter, and you taught your son how to build chairs, right? And it just was, like, the natural way of things. Um, So, yeah, like like I said, school is not, it's not totally essential, but you definitely, I mean, it definitely is, I wouldn't recommend it another way. And honestly... I don't, uh, you know, I've like talked to people who are non union, but like, especially as a woman, I would always recommend trying to go union if if it's available and the possibilities there, and you're okay with that type of work. And that's the thing is like, the union, at least in Philadelphia, is mainly large commercial. So like, if you're trying to do residential, the union might not be your best bet. But it's harder to find contractors who will just pick you up. Whereas the Mm. union go through that process and you start and they do job placement. And that's the cool thing. So I was in school for six months. I was the last one, uh, to go to work, uh, in my class, but, but usually it like when works really good, like right now they have, they're pulling kids who haven't even, they have like finished the application process, but haven't started school. So it just it it all depends, but I was 2012. Work was still really tough then, like with the recession of 08 and everything.
0: There was there were there was enough work to go around back then. There wasn't as much of a deficit of tradespeople then. Is that what you're saying?
1: No, no, no. Opposite. Well, there was not. Well, so not not necessarily a deficit of tradespeople. It was a deficit of work. So work. Okay. Not that we had too many tradespeople because the the decline in the traits has been happening basically since no child left behind and everybody was encouraged to become a project manager instead of a plumber. Um, And I think that's like, that's like the mentality now is everybody just wants to like sit at a desk and go golfing on Friday and get a nice paycheck and with bonuses, Uh, which I, I mean, I worked in the office and I would, I hated it. hated it so I want I I like the hands-on which is why I quit nursing school and why I love trade school so much because even in school like in school you're in a welding booth in school you're outside in the parking lot learning how to lay out like whatever it is the classes are generally hands-on like we do have like like I said we have like a little bit of union history classes we do have um, math classes where you're sitting and it's boring and you're you know, shooting spitballs across the room, whatever, but, but it was, it was much more interactive, which, which held my engagement because not everybody is built for like school and tests. Yeah.
0: Was the, so the school, was it part of the union? It was like a union program. Yeah. So the union
1: offers the UA offers a five year apprenticeship and the UA is international. So it's all pipe trades. It's plumbers, steam fitters, uh, sprinkler fitters. Oh, wow. And then some boilermakers. <laughs> um, and so we're all under the UA. And then individually, like there's some combined locals which have plumbers and steam fitters. In Philadelphia, we're separate. So plumbers have their own local. They have their own school. They do their own thing. If you go into plumbing, you're a plumber. Okay. Steam fitter, like my partner, she's a steam fitter. She went through the steam fitting school. Like, she she would never go on a job and be a plumber, even though we work with the same material. But over is that- in New Jersey, is, it's a combined local. So I, I'm not every combined local is different like some of them allow you to test out in both some of them make you pick and it it really like I said earlier it's all about like jurisdiction it's about state you know regulations um so I can you know be in Pennsylvania and I can pipe in a house perfectly and then I can go to Arizona and I'm like I have no clue what you're doing because they require this or they require that and it's It's just, I mean, it seems there are universal plumbing codes, but not everybody adopts them. And Philadelphia is like old school. So we have our, we have the universal and we tailor it to Philadelphia code. So like we still require cast iron. We still like a lot of things that other states have like gone past.
0: Interesting. I'm curious if your dad hadn't, if you didn't have plumbing in your family history, do you
1: do you Mm-mm. think you ever would have been exposed to knowing about this? Even no, not at all. Not even a little. I mean, it really. Like I said, we we needed healthcare, and we were like David, go apply to be a plumber. And he's like, I love cooking. I'm not doing it. And and he still is. Like he like moved up the ladder in his industry, and I moved up the ladder in mine. And really, like. After I went to my first job, I was like, "Wow, like this was meant to be." I can't, I, and that's when like my drive started about like being visible. Take the picture of me doing it because when I was a little girl, I mean, I would have considered moving to Las Vegas and being like a porn star over a plumber just because that was what was visible. I don't mean to be like, right, you but like for real, like I knew women could make money off of their body but i had no idea we could hold a wrench and make money like and and that was all because yeah. of visibility right it's all because yeah. of visibility i can't tell you how many women reach out to me and tell me like i saw your picture of you holding this tool and now i'm in my apprenticeship or i applied mm-hmm. for this or and that i'm like that's that's the train we got to get it rolling because there is a trade. There's a, a huge trade skill trades gap because people are retiring and dying. And I would say it's a couple things like first, it, it's only tailored to mainly white men to get in. Right. And but they all want to be project managers now. They all want to mm-hmm. go golfing on Friday who wants to, but like women are like, wow, this tool is cool. Like I'll, I'll definitely do this. And I think we bring a new light to it. And I think opening the door for that diversity, first off, like it's getting very stagnant. Like we have AI coming in and people are stubborn about that. So they're fighting that. Like, like we need people who have these open minds who are willing to not, it's not like, we let AI take over. It's how do we work with AI to make our jobs more efficient? And I feel like women have that like efficiency drive where it's like, mm. it's like, I know you can do all this, but like, really, if we just go straight, it will get right there. Like, and <laughs> we could just go straight and they're like, yeah, but yeah, whatever. And, and I mean, I can't, I've worked with like super, super, super smart guys, hardworking, amazing work ethic. Like if if it weren't for some of the guys that I worked with, I certainly wouldn't be where I am and know what I know. But I just think like diversity in the trades is, I mean, there's never one way to solve a problem in the building industry and and you never know like this wall here might make you do this, but the wall over here is going to make you do it a different way. And so to know and be open to both sides without being stubborn and saying like, well, my, my mentor taught me this way. And this is the only way Mm -hmm. like we need that. We need, we need that open-mindedness. And especially in a world where like we are getting eaten up by AI. Like we have to, we have to like, Oh, go. I, I think you're absolutely
0: right. There's this partly because of the apprenticeship program and the way that skills have been handed down, like generationally is it kind of has created this. Well, this is the way it's always been done mindset. And And I think when you get fresh blood in the industry, which is women, because there's not a lot of women in the industry, so it is fresh, and it's a fresh perspective, and they don't tend to come with that baggage of, this is the way it's always been done, so that's the way we're always going to do it. It's a little bit more open-minded, potentially, Mm -hmm. although not always, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, I know. There's.
1: (laughs) Anyone, anyone is subject to like the, the, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Any, anyone. So we're anyone can equally be just as shitty or just as great. Right. I think also um, one thing is, is generally women who are getting into this, aren't getting into this with like the faint of heart. Like they know that there's going to be an uphill battle. They know. So like they're, they're getting in this to be in this as opposed to like, I hate college, which I mean is my situation. Um, I hate college. So I'm just going to join a trade because my dad is a tradesman and I know like that's my situation. But also like I didn't really get the handouts that guys get when it's like easy like that. Like I was looked over many times by Foreman. Like I don't want, the girl on the job, I'll take this guy and it doesn't matter that he's taking naps in the closets or whatever it is because he doesn't have a ponytail. And when people walk by, they're not like, oh, that person's on the phone. Like, there's... Or, I mean, and this is the worst part, is like, everybody's just scared that a woman's gonna come on and then cry about, like, sexual harassment. It's like, well, why are we... Punishing the woman instead of educating the men. Like, why are we empowering that predatory behavior by excluding women as opposed to bringing the woman on and saying, like, you need to get your shit together and hold your pants up or you're out. Right.
0: Yeah, it always cracks me up when I hear male employers say like I don't want to hire a woman because I'm afraid of the lawsuit or I you know I don't yeah. want to expose myself to that. And I'm like how little respect do you have for the men that work for you that you don't think that they can control yeah. themselves around a woman? And if you if you don't think that they're capable of working around women, then you shouldn't have them around customers and maybe they shouldn't be your employee because maybe we should elevate the job site for everybody, both male and female, and like, why yeah. is that? Why is that even an issue, right?
1: Yeah, and that was always one thing. Like being on construction sites, I never wanted to pull like girl cards. Like, oh, I don't have a porta john, porta potty. I always say porta john. <laughs> <laughs> Very gender john, right? So porta potty. <laughs> anyway, um, and like. It was never about that it was about why don't the men have toilet paper in theirs right like if if I don't right. have one and I'm in theirs like I already see the horrors in their situation like why aren't we uplifting that and I had a a superintendent who came up to me and we would like talk a lot because I'm always I'm always talking but You know, I'm always, like, analyzing things and and criticizing things, like, the way things are. And he said, he's like, I don't understand why any person in their right mind is wiping poop on the porter porter potties
0: Right. Like, why is that acceptable? Period.
1: And you are correct. You are correct. But why do you think it's acceptable to provide a toilet that never gets changed, that the poop is coming out of the top. You literally have to stand over the toilet seat to drop a deuce. Otherwise, you're sitting in it and you provide no toilet paper. What, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to do exactly what the child does who's stuck in their crib, who needs their diaper changed. They're going to wipe it on the walls. It's a, it's a retaliation. So, and and that's, like, one thing that I'm really, like, working on promoting uh, out loud, but, like, also practicing, is that it's, like, everybody's all, like, oh, you can't do participation trophies, you can't do, it's not all about, but, like, really, it's not, it's just about dignity, treating people with respect, like, a porta potty with toilet paper and a little bit of hand sanitizer will go a long way. Sure, maybe this job site you're still going to have that one average Joe who, you know, graffitis and writes, you know, all the girls names and draws, you know, what they think their boobs look like cuz that happens everywhere. But if we just mm-hmm. start slowly and provide the toilet paper and Put it in a shaded area instead of in the middle of the sun where you're having a heart attack because you're taking a leak in the middle of the summer. Like if we did all of that, like eventually I think we would change the mindset that like they're like, I like a clean porta potty so I'm not going to put my poop on the walls. And I think that's like, I really think it needs to start from the top because we've been like every finger always gets pointed to the worker. But it's like, what are the managers doing to prevent it? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing.
0: Yeah, no. Oh, my God. That is I, such an incredible point. And I'm so glad you you bring that up. Because you're right. It is. It's like, if we, and it, it becomes a, a cyclical thing, right? Because if we don't treat the, the workers, the employees, the hands-on folks with respect, then they will not act with self-respect because they're not right. receiving respect. And then that becomes this, this thing where you said, like, like you explained, like acting out almost. And then that creates the negative stereotype about tradespeople. And that makes the parents not want their kids to go into those career paths. Yep. When at the end of the day, everybody appreciates a clean bathroom it's not doing it for the girls, like, oh, we've got a girl on staff now. Now we have to start doing X, Y, Z. Like, no, we should be doing those things because we're human beings and we should be treated with respect,
1: period, male or female. Yeah. Right. And, then and that, that, that was always people. my thing, yeah. Because people were like, oh, they didn't give you a, a, a toilet, you know, a female toilet, break the men's. And I'm like, why is that? How does that help? Why is that? Then men and women don't have a toilet, clean or dirty, and like, mm-hmm. what's that going to do? It'll teach them a lesson. No, no, they first off they don't care already. Like breaking the toilet literally will only hurt us. Like, and yeah. and I mean, I don't know. It's it's a really tough call because there is such a culture that is toxic in in the trades in in any trades industry it's toxic in any I would say job it it could be nursing it could be like just workers feeling undervalued like you said makes them treat themselves and undervalue themselves and then we we do silly things like in retaliation instead of getting paid a livable wage, what we should get paid, we should have health benefits because if we're sick, we can't work, so we should be able to go to a doctor so that way we can work. There's like a whole cycle. And I just think, you know, I mean, I I work really hard to be the change that I want to see from the bottom, but yeah. I always make sure that like people understand that it's the top that has the power to change a lot faster than we do.
0: Are these the reason, like, is this why you wound up leaving the union and starting your own job? Is it like the culmination of all of these things or what, what precipitated or what made you decide like, all right, it's it's time for me to do something different?
1: So I absolutely never, 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 never wanted to start a business. Um, (laughs) All the guys would say, oh, you're a woman, just start, you know, the 51% and you'll be rich, you'll be a millionaire, blah, blah. blah." I'm like, I like to be a plumber. I really like it. I, I know you come in every day and you fucking hate this job and I fucking hate this. I fucking hate this. I'm like, take that negative attitude and I'll just do the work by myself. Like, you can go over there with your Hawaiian shirt and hate whatever you want. Just let me drill in peace, right? And so that, like, it really got tough because I, I a lot of times felt like my integrity as a worker. Like, I had... I have phenomenal work ethic. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but like I was 13 and I was even younger. Like when I went to take your daughter to work day with my neighbor and I was her secretary's assistant, like I was filing like crazy. I was filing stuff. She had sitting there for two years. She's like, I've had this for two years and now it's all done. Like, I just always been like, like, give me a job. Tell me where I need to like end up the end the result you want and I'll do it. Like, and I love that. Like, I love to produce something and say, damn, I did that. Maybe it's the attention thing. Maybe it's one of 10. Like, but that I, I love, I thrive on that. And I think, uh, I think many of us would, we're just not empowered to do it. So people like start getting lazy and they, why do they get lazy? Well, cause they see Kim Kardashian being a billionaire because of a GoFundMe and all working class gave the Kardashians money to become a billionaire. Like why, why would we, you know, touch a toilet if we can just try to be a Kim Kardashian? And, and I think that mentality really hurts us, but I don't know. I, I just think, I just think it's really like all about empowerment and, and that. So, so I had a hard time being in The companies that I was in because I felt like, like, don't you want a good name for yourself? Um, So eventually I got laid off probably because of my mouth is what I assume um, in the beginning of 2020 uh, with COVID and right before COVID. um, And so I got my master's license to try to make myself more marketable to, and this is like to still try to keep working commercial, um, plumbing. And that wasn't working out, but my phone was ringing off the hook. You know, my drains clogged. my faucet needs to be changed. And so while I was unemployed, I just kind of like fell into that and and sort of did that. And then by June, I met someone and it was through Instagram and he was like, why aren't you starting your own business? And I was like, because I'm a commercial plumber. Like I'm not a residential plumber. I don't know anything about residential plumbing. I have no desire to be a business owner. Like I, I like climbing high rises and putting in big pipe. And so he just sort of, I mean, he just like, I wrote his coattail. Um, He taught me residential stuff and sort of like, just was like oh well let's finish your master's license let's get you some insurance because in order to have your master's license you need the insurance and he sort of like set me up like that and then next thing I know I have the an LLC and his customers are calling and they're like uh can you send the girl like so (laughs) so things like that like I mean if it weren't for him and he like subtly empowered me to like think cause that's I didn't want to be a business owner because I wasn't business minded. And then he, mm. he just like sort of showed me like, you don't really need like stay plumbing minded, but like in the business world, like it'll just, things just started clicking like next thing I know I'm pulling my permits and you know but at first I was pulling permits like his permits like online just he was just like teaching me how to do it and that was really how it evolved and if it I mean really if he did not reach out to me and like pull me out of the because I just was like I'll just go work out of the supermarket (laughs) if they never hire me like I just was like doom and gloom right and and he just pulled me up and just showed me that I could do it and I like it was the same high that I was getting from like using that big chipping gun like Mm. I'm like I went into someone's house who had no functioning bathroom and I cleared the strain, and it took me eight hours but now like their relief, my relief, like, we're all crying, everything's good, I'm getting a nice fat paycheck, like, it just really, it, like, I started feeling that high, as opposed to the high of, like, the exhilaration of being on a high rise, and and while I miss it all the time, and, and you know, some days I'll, I'll be bitter, but really, that's, like, that's what gets me through, is, like, today, you know, I... I was talking to a landlord and I don't really do a lot of work with landlords because you know, I'm, I'm pro tenant. I'm a tenant. I'm a renter. Right. So I'm always like on the, but like I sat there and I empowered the landlord to like know her rights and know where she should like, and, and also how to educate her tenant so that her tenant Mm -hmm. can, and, and I just think like, like what I learned from him doing that with me I just, like, have been, like, trying to radiate it for everybody, right, from from little kids who walk in, and they're like, why is she doing that, you know, like, and I'll talk to them, to the single moms, and I'm like, listen, like, you're about to pay me a couple hundred dollars to do this, how about I teach you, that way the next toilet, you can do it, or the next, and, and that is sort of, because I definitely, like, in the beginning, I was like, you know, I don't want to be a capitalist, and I don't want to be a business owner, and I don't want to be, you know, like, I'm, a, I'm anti-system, and yada, yada, I don't want to pay taxes. And, so, and then it was like, yeah, but look at, like, the power that, yeah. like, the power that I was given from someone believing in me, I can transfer it into someone else. And that really is, like, a drug that I can't get enough of.
0: That is so beautiful. I absolutely love that. And there's so there's so much who, there's so much impact that you're getting to have now on on people on changing and challenging perceptions that people have of women in the trades of what being in the trades in general looks like, like what that means. Um, so there's so much opportunity there. And I love I love how much you're lighting up talking about it. Like that <laughs> makes my heart so happy. Like you can see how much joy it brings you. Um, and it is such a different rush. I can only imagine you were doing huge projects. I mean, you were plumbing new buildings and doing like, yeah. I've seen some of the videos, the stuff you do, you were doing some crazy stuff. That's gotta be a huge switch. In yeah just everything
1: <laughs> for sure and and i mean but also even honestly a switch in my personal life like i now can be the mom who or you know the business who sponsors my kids sports teams and not only that but now like i can accommodate the schedule so that i can be the mom at the kids sports games and and so I mean, really, like, it, it has transcended in my whole life where I i definitely, like, came in and I was this angry woman, man-hater, everybody would say. I'm trouble because I always had this opinion where, like, and I always think, I'm like, if I was thrown back into a construction site, like, I would really would like to see, like, how it would play out with, like, like, this different mindset, uh, you know, my mentor was the last person in the world that I ever thought I would, like, link up with, you know, he is, you know, special operations military, he just, oh, well. you know, like, and I miss, like, I've never even shot a gun, um, and, and now, like, I was able to, like, work, he empowered me, and, like, taught me that, even with the differences, like, if I can overcome my anger and, like, build, like, the perception of, like, inclusiveness, like, I just wonder, like, what, like, all the partners that I was, like, he was the worst, he never did anything, like, what if I came at it with the approach of, like, this empowerment thing, like, like we're doing this great thing let's do it together. And maybe some of them, you know, if they're more seasoned, they're probably like, shut up, kid, like, get out of here. But <laughs> but really, like, because that was always my thing with when I finally got an apprentice, it's like, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to show you, I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to, you know, and I don't know, it, there just is something about And and that's where I was saying, like, it's not really about participation trophies. It's not, it's just about like dignity and like granting someone the dignity to know that they're worth something. And I think if we can like really roll with that in the trades and like really like bring this like positive attitude, I just think the possibilities are endless because there's something, I mean, hazing and, and being like, demeaning to someone all it does is push them out and make them hate what they're doing and when you hate what you're doing you're not doing it with integrity you're like fuck this I don't care I don't care if it leaks later I don't care about what the next guy does but if we all come with the approach to like make something better than we came and found and like make it good so that the next guy's like damn the guy before me or girl was like (laughs) Like impress them, like uh, that's my goal. Like I want to impress the next guy. I want them to be like, "Ooh, I got a lot. I got a big shoe to fill here." And and I think if we all can just like build that mentality and that that whatever, then I don't know. I think I think the building trades. I mean, we definitely that we're gonna hit a point where. I mean, you, you can only have so many project managers versus the people on the tools. So yes. something's got to give. And if everybody's trying to get off the tools because it's so miserable, then we need to change the environment that it, it's it's happening in.
0: A to that. Like, let's make it less miserable. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, if it's not a safe place for women to work, then it's probably not safe for anybody. Let's make it safer. If it's a right. miserable environment, let's make it less miserable. And it doesn't have to be. You're so right. I'm curious, this like positive attitude that you have, you kind of imply that this was kind of a newer thing um, since going out on your own and having this this amazing mentor, which cheers to your mentor for like, conning you into owning your business. Um, I love that. (laughs) He tricked you. He tricked you into owning your business. (laughs) I will cheers to that. Do, Do you, like, so this, if this positive attitude is newer, was it, were you lacking the positive attitude before? Did it get beat out of you by being surrounded by negativity? Was, like, what? Because I it, felt like I had it on my shoulder when I was in the industry. And I'm, I'm curious if it's for, like, similar reasons. And it was once I got out on my own that I fell back in love with it and had mm-hmm. that positive attitude again.
1: So I will say, I mean, I, because that's the thing. People would always say, like, what do you mean you love your job? You're always miserable. Because I would. I would go into work. I'd be nasty. I'd get in a hoist with a... Uh, like an elevator car full of men and they would just like, none of them wanted to talk to me because if they said the wrong thing, I would bark and, and I had that. And, but that was just because of me being hazed, like, you know, when politics were happening, they knew my politics. So they knew exactly what to say to me to like, make me feel beat down. Or if whatever the situation was like I had foremen yell at me and but I always like it was crazy because I hated Fridays and I loved Mondays because Mondays meant that I had a week's worth of sunrises because I would get up at four o'clock in the morning and climb to the top of the building watch the sunrise and then go to work and that was like my my thing, like, I, it, it was part of, like, my love for, and that's sort of what made me love the high rise environment, like, I'm, like, I'm working next to clouds, like, I literally have clouds touching my skin, like, who gets to say that, that's, like, what a privilege, but it wasn't a privilege to other guys, they're, like, oh, the wind, and my face is wind burnt. and I'm, like, yeah, it's wind burnt, but whatever, like, we're, like, we're next to the sun, like, we're gods up here, like, I don't, why, why don't you feel like that? And so I did have a negative attitude because I was miserable. I I would get really miserable when I felt like I couldn't work to my standard. So cut a corner, rush a job, um, not be given the right information. And then I would do something. And the next day they're like, oh, that thing that we told you to do, you actually have to have it here instead of here. So take it out. And things like that, like mentally beat you down. Like, I don't want to redo my work. I did an amazing job. It didn't leak. And now I got to take it all apart because yesterday you didn't feel like opening the book and looking at the height that it needed to be at or, and I mean, there's, there's situations where, you know, you're, you're just working to work, but a lot of it is preventable. It's, it's project managers, not organizing a job. It's a foreman not taking that time to organize their crew. And then the crew always gets blamed. So they didn't do it fast enough. They did it the first time wrong. Even though they didn't have the proper information, so I think going out on my own like that was my first thing. Was and and like I said, I had a mentor. I I had a really nicely paved road into this, um, where you know, like I got to borrow his tools. He gave me extra tools. Like so, I definitely had like a, a extra leg up there, but. When like there was a time when you know I'm getting too many calls to like really be working with him, and he has his own thing, so we're like doing our own thing, and we like meet in the middle and chit chat and whatever. But my thing was is if I get to a job and I don't have the right tool, I get the tool because Mm -hmm. I've worked on high rises. How do you work on high rises with multi million dollar corporations, and you're sharing a drill? and i'm not okay. talking a big chipping drill that costs $800 i'm talking about the drill that costs $150 everyone should have their own drill everyone should have their own screwdriver like why are we sharing a screwdriver but that would happen and that makes people miserable and yeah. makes yeah. them lazy why am i going to why am i going to screw the screw in if i got to walk all the way over there and down a flight of steps to get the screwdriver back up here, screw something in, and then they're gonna take it back from me. And okay. and so that was always my thing. Like if I do have a big job, like I sat there and I planned and I'm and I am not perfect. The, I every job, it's like that one fitting. I didn't get that one fitting. But it's just that one fitting. It's not the whole job, it's not every time we need to make a turn we got to go back to Home Depot or we got to go to the plumbing supply to get another fitting. Like I plan it out. I like to account for like all the worst case scenarios, bring those tools. So that way, if the worst case scenario happens, I don't have to go home to get the tool or whatever it is. And, and I think that like, between being empowered to know that I can do that and that I can work like that and, and like, actually going day after day. Because there's, I mean, literally, yesterday, I'm like, I don't feel like working this week and blah, blah, blah. And it's coming out of Memorial Day. I didn't really have my schedule all together. And now I'm booked till next week and and like I do residential service so I don't really book the way a lot of contractors do like months out I'm basically like a two-week period and usually I'm a procrastinator so it's like <laughs> I book a whole week right there and I book a whole week right there and but it's nice too because like uh, you know I was talking to you earlier I had a gas call and I'm able to do that because I'm not tied up with all this big you know, house flipping or whatever it is. It's I, so much of my work is in West Philly. I can't tell you how many times I'm in the middle of a call and I'm like, okay, I'll just go eat lunch or something. And I get another call and I'm like, actually I can come there right now. And like, I don't I I always say like, it's, it's what I put out in the universe and the universe gives back to me. Cause I really, I, I can't, if it were hard I don't know how far along I would be, but it's so easy for me. Like when I get these calls, you know, I, I had a call on the East side of the city and I was like, Oh, most of my stuff's on the West side. Now I got to fit this in. And then three hours later I had a whole day in the East side because someone saw, you know, a recommendation or their friend, you know, told yeah. them to call me and, and I'm like, I don't know. Thank you, karma. Thank you, whatever, <laughs> stars, startups, put in, put stars, in the work. whatever it is. Like, I'm like, I really, and, and it's all word of mouth. I really don't, I don't do any advertising. And it just really, it's a, like I'm accountable. And I admit, I'll, I'll tell a homeowner, like I messed up. This is what I have to do because I made a mistake. And I tell them, it's not like I fix it and I, close the wall. And I'm like, they don't even know that I did that. I tell them like, because first we all make mistakes. Second, it's their home. Like I need to prepare them for what to know. Like if something, if I'm burying something behind a wall and they have no idea what's going on and let's say it leaks in five years or something, you know, like they need to be aware of like the and empower them to be in control of their own home. I, I walk in so many homes and people don't even know how to turn off their water heater. They don't know how right. to turn off their water. And like when they learn that, they're like, wow, you know, now if I have a flood, I'm not calling Kelly at 2 a.m. to come turn off a valve that she just showed me how to do. And I, I just think you know, being able to do that and, and like, I guess, be the empowerer. Is that a word? Yeah, <laughs> but it like, works. Be, we'll make it. A yeah. <laughs> so like to be that, I mean, it's, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't want to sound, you know, it's always like you sound conceited or whatever, but like, that's powerful. Like, I like that feeling. Like, I like the feeling of the power that it gives me. But also, it's never like a competitive power. It's a power that I want us all to have. And I think if we all can do that and like empower each other, instead of being competitive and fighting for jobs, there's an I mean, there is enough work. Unfortunately, Like, we're feared into scarcity and different areas have different needs. So, like, some people end up down and out on their luck. Like, I'm lucky here. Like, there's not many, you know, female plumbers in the city who are residential. There are a few, Um, especially, like, uh, a gay female plumber. So, then that's a whole other demographic that, like, they call me because the last plumber that they had wouldn't call him a him because he had long hair so they kept calling him her and it was like that's why what first off this is a business so why aren't you like treating the customer with respect they're gonna pay you don't you want them to pay you and that's another thing too with i really like i don't i i don't like to talk about it too much because it's not you know Good business practice but I'm able to walk out of people's houses and I'm like okay I'll invoice you later and these are people I've never met I just learned their name via text last night while I was scheduling and I emailed them the invoice and they pay it but I'm not there like I don't babysit them and I don't invoice them and they text me the next day they're like you didn't invoice me I want to make sure you get paid like how cool is it that the clients and that I think is because of word of mouth. Like I'm not going through Yelp. I'm not going through like things that are getting me these cold calls that might under Like I'm getting someone who heard from their best friend that this is the person you can trust. Yeah. And when you find a tradesperson that you can trust, you, You want to pay them because you want them to come back and you don't want them to, right? Yeah. You're building that
0: rapport with them and you're earning, you're earning that. You've built that. I love, I love that you got conned into being a business owner, but it is the perfect thing for you. (laughs) I love that you fell into, in a sense, going to become a plumber because you're, your ex didn't want to do it. Right. <laughs> you wound up in it. But they found the perfect career for you. And I, I love how that's all worked out so amazingly. And I I just want to highlight like that theme too in what you've been saying about you know the positive attitude versus the negative attitude that I hear from so many women is this idea that like they love the work. The work they are in love with the environment, the BS, the politics yeah attitude like all of the rest of the, like that's the stuff that gets really hard um, and makes it really rough i just saw the time it is already been well over an hour um this is what happens when you put two girls from the tri-state area in a room together to talk yeah. we can talk i will tell you we could probably talk for another like two or three hours but um, I really want to be respectful of your time, and I want to be respectful of everybody else's time. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep us much longer. I do have one final question that I would like to ask you, and that is, if you had the opportunity to talk to little baby Kelly Ireland, little baby you, a younger version of you, what are your words of advice to her? Um,
1: you know what? I'm actually I I've been talking to this uh, guy who started this Fuck Your Doubts, it's called, um, page, and he asked me to write something, and that's probably what I would tell myself, is, like, like, stop doubting yourself, like, the potential that's there, if I don't build that wall for myself to have to climb over, um, because, you know, lots of people are like, oh, I have a can-do attitude. I have a cannot-do attitude. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm either too little. I'm too, you know, I don't, I'm not smart enough. I'm not this. I'm not focused enough. I'm not organized enough. But really, like, the potential, if I just say, like, this is just a new adventure that you got to try and see if you can get to the end of the video game and get the gold star, like whatever. And, and that's, those are things that I have to tell myself to get myself into it. But really it would just be like, you know, fuck your doubts because that has been my biggest holdback, And it's like what, you know, perpetuates my negative attitude. And I, I really just, Wish that I could tell little Kelly that like she really can do it because I'm 36 years old and and still like I get to things and I'm like nope can't be done can't be done and by the end of the day maybe it's 11 o'clock at night maybe it's not maybe I get it done in an hour but it always gets done and that's something that really like when I go into it and I start having that mentality that's what I tell I'm like. Remember that time that you said you couldn't and you did? And all those times that you said you couldn't and you did? So just do it. Just do it. And if you can't, like, okay, we'll get to that roadblock. But, like, don't go into it saying you can't. So that, I think that is what I would tell myself, because that definitely is still a struggle, like self-confidence. And it's a struggle that I hear not, and it's not just women, it's men, it's, it's all of us. Like we have it ingrained that we're like built to fail, but like the potential is always there.
0: I love that. And I love that visual that you painted of like, if I didn't build that wall that I now have to climb over, like we do that to oh ourselves, God. right? Like, like there's I enough the barriers in life. Wall, but
1: I'm saying I can't do anything. Like I literally built a wall and I got to right. climb up. All right, like we have
0: enough barriers in life. Why do we make it harder by building more barriers for ourselves to climb over? Kelly, this has been so much fun. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I love your perspective, I love your candidness and your honesty about everything um and we definitely need to talk more um we could definitely talk for a few more hours uh here alone on all of these topics but um thank you so much for saying yes and agreeing to do this and sharing sharing your story sharing your experiences with everybody who
1: joined in Um, thank thank you you so much for having me i really appreciate it this was a great chat
0: And thanks so much to all of you at home who came and spent part of your evening with us, um, who asked questions and participated. Thank you guys. Uh, It's great seeing some familiar faces each week. Uh, If you have questions, if you have topics, specific things that you'd love to hear us talk about, please send us a message, put it in the comments. We want to hear your questions and your topics that you'd like to hear more about, or if you are, or you know, an awesome tradeswoman in any sort of hands on trade, we want to hear from you. We want to be connected to her. Um, We are always looking for more incredible women to feature. So definitely let us know. And while you're at it, make sure you hit like hit subscribe, get alert notifications. If you're listening in the podcast, podcast form of this, um, please rate and review us. The more ratings and reviews we have, the more eyes get on this. And really the whole point of this this podcast, this series is to raise awareness about all of the incredible women in the trades and what their experiences are. And so more eyes, the better, right? We want these stories to get out there. So please, um, if you enjoy this series, please take a moment to rate and review. And As always, we will be back here every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and then every Monday night at the same time, we do an archive release. As I mentioned earlier, this series has been going on for about three years, but it used to live under a different name and it used to live on Instagram. So um, every Monday we release one of the past episodes from its past life on Instagram. So twice a week, you get to catch an episode of With Her Two Hands. So we will see you on Monday and we will see you on Wednesday. And until then, be good to yourselves, be good to one another. And we'll see you next time.